Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from WiseWealth. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I know that we were talking before the podcast. There's a lot going on, positive and, I don't want to say negative, but positive things in the world, but there's some things that are still looming out there like, you know, an election and other things. Right. We like to say there's good news and there's other news. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's you know, exactly how we want yeah. to phrase it too. Exactly. Oh man. Well, the good news is, is that this is part two of a three-part podcast series that you're putting on. That's right. Can you remind us what the series is about and then what we talked about last time? Well, the three-part series is about our three-bucket approach to retirement income planning. It really is the core of uh, the course that we teach, Simplify Retirement Course, it's the it's really the basic planning framework for how we help our clients put together retirement income plans. And uh, there's three buckets, and we started last week by talking about the first bucket, which is the liquid bucket. And then uh, there's the income bucket, which we're gonna talk about in this podcast, in the growth bucket in the next podcast. So there's liquid income and growth. And really the important thing to remember or try to keep in mind as we look at these different buckets it's that you want to fill these buckets uh, one at a time. It's not like you take all your assets and just throw them out there and divide them between these three buckets. You literally fill one and whatever you don't put in the first one, you go to the next one. Whatever you don't put in the next one goes to the third one. And that's why we take this in order just like this. That's why we spent the entire last podcast talking about how much of your assets, your total investable assets belongs in the liquid bucket. It's an important discussion because whatever goes in there, you know, that, that determines how much is going to be left over to fill the other two. So mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody who did not hear that podcast to go back and listen to that one because that's the beginning of the Three Bucket Series uh, uh, podcast. It uh, talks about uh, how much money should go in the liquid bucket. And today, I'm excited because we're going to talk about the income bucket. Nice. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I kind of think of these buckets as timelines, right? Because the I think on the last podcast you said the liquid bucket really focuses on a two to three year timeline or a three to five I can't remember but it's it's a shorter timeline yep. where you need the money more quickly than others like like a planned expense like Correct. maybe you're going to help with a wedding or or something like that right. right okay so what does the timeline look like for the income bucket then well the income bucket really and that's one of the questions we have to ask our clients we ask everybody when we meet there's a couple of very important questions that have to be answered before retirement income plan can be put together and that is when when do you want to retire so the income bucket is you know how much money is going to go in there is going to depend on when someone wants to retire and how Mm -hmm. much income they're going to need so to go back and just lay kind of the outline, what you mentioned before, I look at it as the liquid bucket, like you just said, one to five years. If someone has a known or a planned purchase or expense in the next five years or their emergency fund, that goes in the liquid bucket. Mm-hmm. Then we've got this middle bucket, which is income, which I'm going to come back to in just a minute. And then you've got the growth bucket. The growth bucket is money 
we don't need for five years or longer. So then if you don't need the money five years or longer, we're going to the growth bucket. If you need the money five years or less, we go to the uh, liquid bucket. Now the income bucket is a bucket that we really don't put money into until we're within about 10 years of retirement. And I think we may have talked about this last time, which is what you're alluding to. And that is if someone's younger, if someone's in their forties and they don't plan to retire until they're 65, then we're going to always have money in the liquid bucket. You're always going to have money in the growth bucket. Everybody, no matter what phase of investing they're in, should always have money in these two buckets. And then all of a sudden, when someone gets to within five to 10 years from retirement, that's where we introduce putting money into this income bucket. And the reason that is is because the income bucket is going to be something that you, you want to have principal guaranteed. It's really a phase of investing that we call the preservation phase. It's a point in time in your life where we cannot afford uh, to have a massive stock market decline. It's a time in our investing life that we can't afford. We don't have time to recover if the market goes down. And so the sweet spot really is sometime 10 years is the best, but within 10 years of the day that you know you're going to retire. So for example, again, if I'm meeting with someone and they're you know 52 and they want to retire at 62, then we're going to start trying to figure out how much goes in the income bucket. If they're 52 and they want to retire at 65, then we're going to wait, you know, maybe two or three more years and let the growth bucket continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to take money that's technically in the growth bucket and shift some of it over into the income bucket. And really how much money goes in the income bucket is what we want to talk about today. Yeah. And and I know that it, it has a lot to do with what somebody's income needs are. So how do you really find that out? Very good question. So that's exactly right. So once we know, hey, okay, now we're within 10 years of retirement, we need to start putting money in the income bucket, how much should go in there? And so we want to answer that question by finding out the answers to a couple of questions. Number one is, what does retirement look like to you? And for everybody, you know, that's a different answer. Some people want to really travel. They, they were stuck in a, in a job, you know, nine to five all day, every day, their whole life. And they just want to finally get out and do some stuff they've never been able to do because they were stuck at work their whole life. Some people traveled their whole business career and they're like, no, when I retire, I just want to stay home. I built a house. I built a pool. I've got the backyard that I've always wanted. And so I just want to just stay home and, and not do much. Some people want to play golf. Some people want to go to the lake. So retirement looks different to everybody. And that's why there's no one answer. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times people want financial planners to come up with a number. What's the number that I need? And if I reach that number, everything's gonna be okay. Well, there is no one number that fits. There's no one size that fits all. It really does depend on what retirement looks like to you, because then that leads us into the second question. Once you know what you want to do in retirement, uh, the second question is, how much is that going to cost? How much mm -hmm. income will you need? Forget your neighbor, forget your uncle, forget your brother, forget your parents. How much income will you need to uh, provide for the type of retirement that you want to have? And so when we look at that, we like to look at you know retirement expenses at, at two different levels. Uh, the first level is living expenses, and the next level is lifestyle expenses. So we have a little uh, budget worksheet that we can send out to people uh, that are listening to the podcast today, but it's just a, it's a very basic budget and it has broad categories. And in that budget, we're looking at two major lists. One list is all of your living expenses. The other one's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
I How do they get that? Yeah, I mean, we can get that. We can give that to people. They just call us at 816-246-9473. That's 816-246-WISE. We're also at our website, wisewealth.com. They can, they can contact us and ask us for that. But the, so the living expenses, the living expenses is what we call, you know, basically what you have to have in order to just survive. Some people, some people call it survival expenses. We call them living expenses. And when we look at living expenses, we're talking about if you have your housing, some people are going to have a mortgage in retirement. Some people are going to have rent. Uh, there may be, you know, homeowners insurance, real estate taxes, or so anything related to housing, utilities, there's cars. Some people can have a car payment in retirement. Some people are not. If you want to have a car payment in there, you build it into your budget. There are health care expenses, Medicare related and insurance premiums. There's potentially long-term, anything that has to be paid no matter what. So, and this is one of the biggest exercises people can go through. You know, what, what happens to people when they get to retirement a lot of times is it's an eye-opening experience because all of a sudden something happens to their paycheck. Okay. And what happens to their paycheck mm-hmm. is it becomes fixed. You're going to get the same amount every single month. Whereas a lot of times in our working career, we might be able to overspend a little bit here, overspend a little bit there and, you know, make up for it next month. I'll work overtime. I'll, I'm going to get a bonus, this, that, and the other. Well, in retirement, you have to learn to live on a budget because there is no overtime. There is no extra money coming in from a you know, bonus or anything like that. So for people living in retirement, it's it's so important that you figure out your income needs. And the way I tell people to do this is to estimate high. The, the way to be conservative in budget planning is to estimate your expenses high and estimate your income low. So put a good number in there. Some people say, well, how much should I put in there for these things? Well, I would just take what, what those costs are today and what you're spending today and use that kind of as a measure. But if you want to err, err on the side of being just a little bit too high in the budget, because if we can cover that number, then you're going to be okay. So one side is living expenses. And this number is the number that no one should be allowed to retire until they know that number. How much has to come in every single month for you to just pay the bills, put food Mm -hmm. on the table, gas on the car? What is that number? And I know that sounds very simplistic, but a lot of people just don't do that. They just retire and they hope it all works out. They're hoping enough. Well, yeah. And, and I think we're so used to day to day. We know the paycheck's going to be coming in. We know that there's other opportunities. Maybe there's there's certain things that I can do, certainly, that will generate a little bit more right. income uh, depending on what I do. And so maybe I want to adjust it a little bit. Right. But it's, it's a hard way to live if we don't have that mapped out. And, and I can't imagine doing it in retirement and I'm, I'm a few years from right. that. <laughs> exactly. So it is, I, I tell a lot of my clients, you know, before they retire, I want, I want you to practice for the six months before you retire living on this income. I don't care what your normal income is, but if our mm-hmm. goal in retirement is X amount per month, we'll just call it 5,000 a month. If that's the goal, then for the next six months, I want you to put $5,000 of your, you know what I mean? Make sure that's what comes into your checking account and practice living on that. That's a great idea. Yeah, and find out if that actually is going to be enough. Don't do it when you walk out the door uh, into retirement and figure out, oops, mm. I, I really needed 6000 a month. So very important exercise. You want to start by looking at how much has to come in just to pay the bills. And then, of course, most people when they retire don't want to just live the rest of their life paying the bills. So we have what we call the lifestyle expenses. What do you want to do in retirement besides just pay bills? Uh, so that's where golf and boating and travel and vacations and giving and kids and mm-hmm. grandkids, all this other stuff. So 
you take those two numbers, you add them together, and that's what your income need is in retirement. So there is no income planning. There is no way to solve for the, the amount that has to go into the income bucket until there is a really, really in-depth conversation about what retirement looks like to you and then how much is that going to cost, how much you need to just pay all the bills to cover that, and how much is going to take each month to cover your lifestyle expenses. I like to look at these things on a monthly basis instead of annual because most people, especially when they get to retirement, that's another eye-opening thing. You're going to get paid pretty much once a month. Social Security doesn't come in every two weeks like you used to get paid. Social Security comes in once a month. Mm -hmm. If you have an annuity or a pension, it's once a month. So it's a good way to live and practice receiving income once a month on that. So how much money of all of your investable assets needs to go into the income bucket? We start by talking about how much income do you need? And we just did that little exercise right there, living expenses, lifestyle expenses. Once we know that number, you know, the next question we need to find out is, do you already have some guaranteed income sources that are going to be coming in? And so immediately when I ask that question, most people automatically think of, yes, Social Security. Okay, so if you have your income need here, the one thing you're going to do is you're going to subtract from your income need any amount that you're already going to be receiving. So uh, you take your income number and you subtract what you're going to receive from Social Security. If sometimes people have a pension, maybe you already have an annuity contract. If you have a pension, you take what I call guaranteed income sources, and there's only a few. I just mentioned them, Social Security, pensions, and annuities. Those are the only three things mm -hmm. that can guarantee someone an income stream they cannot outlive. So I'm looking at guarantees. So you take your income need and you, you subtract from that income need all your current guaranteed income sources. And then normally when people do that, they end up with a gap. As we know, uh, Social Security was not intended to cover all of someone's income need in retirement. And, and this is a very important point because, you know, some of the statistics that I read out there are you know, because people aren't saving enough for retirement anymore. There's a lot of people who are working today who have very little in savings that their only income source in retirement may be Social Security. And uh, that mm -hmm. is not going, that's not the plan for Social Security. Uh, I mean, sorry, that's not the plan for retirement. Social Security was never designed to cover 100% of your income need. It's, it's, you're fortunate if it actually ends up covering a third or maybe even a half of your income need, but it was never designed to cover all of it. Wow. Exactly. So the other amounts have to come from you, from your savings. So, And if I'm not mistaken, just, just to yeah. interject real quick, you're the expert here, but if I'm not mistaken, there are certain rules on how much you can make while drawing Social Security, correct? That's correct, but that's only if you take Social Security early. So if you, if you wait oh, until gotcha. full okay. retirement yeah. age, if you're a full retirement age for Social Security, then there is no limit on how much you can make. So That's right. Yep. That's right. You've covered right. that before. Yep. Good question. All right. So now we've got our income need. You know, we did a budget, living expenses, lifestyle expenses. We subtract our guaranteed sources, and then we, we call it the gap. We solve for the gap. And so whatever that gap number is, let's just, let me give an example. Let's say that someone needs... $5,000 a month in retirement, and we find out Social Security and pensions are going to give them $4,000 a month. So now we know we need, we're $1,000 a month short. This is where the question of mm -hmm. when comes in. So what we have to look at as financial planners is say, okay, here's my client, they're, they're short $1,000 a month, 
and they want to retire in five years or they want to retire in 10 years or they want to retire next year. So that's an important factor. This couple needs a thousand a month in five years. Let's use that as, as an example. Once we know that, now we're going to look at their current investable assets, whatever's available that was not put in the liquid bucket. And we're going to, and we're going to, add, we're going to try to solve for what is the mm -hmm. least amount of their current assets it would take to guarantee them a thousand dollars a month in five years. That's really the mess. That's why the income number is is a very. It, it, there's no hmm. number that we can just throw in there. It's very subjective. It's very specific to a client's need minus what their already guaranteed sources of income are and when they need it. So the, that's why I said earlier in, in, in the podcast that the sooner the better. You, if you can do this 10 years out, it's going to take less money in the income bucket to guarantee $1,000 a month in 10 years than it will be 1000 a month in five years. Okay. And so what we do is the sooner, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. soonest we can find out and the soonest anybody listening to this podcast can solve for this number, the better. What is the gap? And then we look at what's available. And so what we like to look at for the income bucket is an annuity. I like an annuity for the income bucket. It's really the strength of an annuity is income. It is the only product that someone can buy that can guarantee them an income stream they cannot outlive. There is no bond ladder. There is no CD laddering. There is no bond portfolio. There is no conservative portfolio. There's nothing out there that can guarantee someone an income stream they cannot outlive. So I like to use annuities for the income bucket. Uh, you don't have to if you don't, if someone's uh, totally opposed to it, but I like it for several reasons. One reason is because it's guaranteed. And so what I love for my clients is to know that no matter mm -hmm. what, the money that they need for their income need for retirement is 100% guaranteed. If you just think about that just for a minute, the, the amount of peace of mind that gives people is massive. Knowing that no matter what happens, that before I retire, during yeah. retirement, my whole life, that this, this number we came up with for our monthly income need is never going away. That's fixed. The rest of my money may go up and down in value, but not my income. We have a philosophy, uh, Eric, and I know we talked about this in a, in a previous podcast. One of our uh, philosophies and principles is protect the income, grow the rest. And that's what we want to do in the income bucket. So one reason mm -hmm. I like an annuity in the income bucket is because it's guaranteed. The second reason I like the income, uh, an annuity in the income bucket is because generally speaking, it takes less of a person's assets to, to invest into an annuity to produce an income stream than using any other method. Okay. So in other words, there's only a few ways to draw an income mm. stream from your investments in retirement. You can either have a stock dividend paying portfolio. You can have an interest bond a paying portfolio. You can try to do a 64 port, 60, 40 portfolio and draw income. Any of those other approaches is going to take more of someone's assets than just by using an annuity. And, and, and I want everyone to really try to, to picture what I'm saying, because the reason we want to put the least amount of assets in the income bucket is because whatever we don't put in the income bucket goes into the growth bucket. And ultimately the goal of retirement income planning is to have as much money available to you to use, have as much money in the growth bucket as possible. The goal is to use the least amount of your assets to produce the income. Because here is a major, major, major reality that, that, that people have to grasp. And that is whatever money, whatever assets someone is using to produce their income stream in retirement, 
that portion of money is no longer liquid. It is no longer available. Okay, you have to look at that money. That's why you want to use the least amount because mm-hmm. whatever amount you're going to use to produce the income stream from that point forward, it's pretty much you can't touch it. It's locked in, I, and I don't even care what it's the investment in, is. Yeah. If someone needs twenty thousand a year, the general rule of thumb is a four percent withdrawal rate. So, it may take five hundred thousand dollars to produce twenty thousand a year, uh, but that five hundred thousand dollars now is no longer liquid available. If you need to buy a car, you're not going to take forty thousand out of that five hundred because if you do, your income is going to go down. Mm-hmm. Whereas, let's say, for example, in an annuity, annuity may have a 5% payout. So for the same 20000 a year, it might only take 400000 in an annuity to produce the same 20000 therefore giving the clients an extra $100,000 in their growth bucket that they actually can touch. So one of the biggest eye-opening things, one of the biggest paradigm shifts people mm-hmm. need to, to realize is the income bucket is not liquid. The liquid bucket is liquid, the growth bucket is liquid, yeah. but the income bucket is not liquid. Therefore, we always want to use the least amount of assets to guarantee the income that the client needs. Okay, so let me let me ask you a question here because in the liquid bucket, we talked about this earlier, and you've got the emergency fund. That's in the liquid bucket. And right. that, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you said roughly six months worth of expenses? Yeah, I think if you're working uh, while you're still employed, three to six months expenses are great. Once you're into retirement, it really is a subjective thing. You don't have to have three to six months anymore. Okay, and th- and, th- and that's what I was wondering because m- my question is, you have a certain amount in your emergency fund, and and somebody has car repairs, for instance. Let's let's say yeah. somebody has some car repairs, and they've got their income bucket. I know that you don't necessarily advocate that, okay, we know exactly what your living expenses are. We know what you want for your lifestyle expenses. And that's the exact amount we're going to be having as income every month. But what Mm -hmm. happens if, right? So how much padding do you put in the income bucket for refilling a, an emergency fund. So let's say you have a $5,000 car repair, you take it out of that, that liquid bucket because you've got it in your emergency fund, but now you're $5,000 lower in the emergency right. fund. You're going to want to refill that. How much spillover, yep. I guess using a using a visual yeah. there, spillover from the right. income bucket can you shift to the liquid bucket? How, how do you uh, count for that? Yes. I love that question, okay, because uh, ultimately what we do with that is we actually take it from the growth bucket. Really? Okay, okay. I did not expect yeah, that. So, Right, exactly. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. That's actually our next podcast, but I appreciate the way you're thinking because that's the way you should be thinking. So the income bucket is really just to cover the the regular monthly income needs. Like you mentioned, we have the liquid bucket for the emergencies. So if someone has an emergency, you know, they they need to spend 5,000 in the liquid bucket, what we're going to use to refill the liquid bucket is the growth bucket. Got it. Okay, Okay. because the the income bucket is just producing a monthly stream. You can't go in there and take extra out of it any time, which, again, emphasizes the point we want to use the least amount in there to produce the monthly income. And that's why it's so much so important when we get to the the next podcast, so important with the growth bucket to make sure that that is actually growing. And also, it's so important why the growth bucket is liquid. And the growth bucket's job is to refill the liquid bucket as you use it and also to increase the income if you need it down the road. So the growth bucket, you we're going to get to that in detail next time, but the growth bucket's job is actually to refill the other two buckets as needed. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So I, yep. I think that that creates so much flexibility because 
if yep. and, and the way my brain thinks, and please tell me if I'm wrong or, or how you address mm-hmm. this, if I have, let's say for my lifestyle expenses, I've got $100 a month that I'm going to use for eating out. And I've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my entertainment, we're going to have $100, $150 in there as well for entertainment, you know, whether it's movies or whatnot. I would yep. look at it, and maybe this is just the current stage that I'm in. I would look mm-hmm. at that and say, okay, I'm going to cut back a little bit on eating out. Maybe I'm going to only spend 50 a month, and maybe my entertainment, I'm going to slash that in half too, so 75 just to mm-hmm. then have that money go to refill my emergency fund. But what you're saying is if yep. you really don't need to do that, you can if you want, but you don't right. have to, right? Because it comes out of the growth exactly. bucket. And can you go from, let's say you've got some extra money at the end of a couple months from your income mm-hmm. bucket. Can you throw that in the growth bucket so it grows more? Absolutely. Oh, I love, uh, I love yes. Yeah, definitely. And so even what you just said, you can take the extra money from, you know, the income that you receive from the income bucket each month. And let's say there is extra because you cut back and you can either take that extra and replenish like the liquid bucket, like you just said, or take it and keep throwing in the growth bucket. That would be the idea. Keep letting it grow. Uh, And the reason why we might just say take the money out of the growth bucket and move it to the liquid bucket if you use it is because it's all about risk. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that you always have whatever amount you determine should always be liquid to make sure it's always there apart from any sort of, you know, market risk. Yeah. yeah. And that it's always available. But yes, total flexibility. The three buckets all work together. And one thing that I like to to tell people is, and that's why it, it, it has to be all of it. Some people look at this and say, well, you know, I don't know about annuities. Well, forget annuities for a minute. You have to look at all three buckets Mm -hmm, together mm -hmm. because the plan doesn't make sense unless you're using all three the way that you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And and it's very, very important when someone uses all three the way that we're describing it, it works perfectly. But you can't just take one without the other. And and I think that's what uh, you are. These questions you're asking is is leading me to tell people that you can't just take one by itself yeah all three have to work together really for it to make the most sense because we're talking about taking no risk at all with the liquid bucket we're talking about taking little to no risk with the income bucket Mm -hmm. but when we get to the growth bucket we're actually talking about taking on more risk than you normally would as you get closer to retirement and retirement because you've done the liquid bucket and the income bucket and that's why you have to go in chronological order. That's why it's so important that we take our clients through and we have a, a, the discussion about the liquid bucket first. We don't even worry about any of the other buckets yet. Then, you know, once we know that number, now or today, we're talking about the, the income bucket on this podcast. That's why there's so much conversation and decision that has to be made about the income bucket because then once we're done with this, now you make different decisions with a growth bucket than you would if you did not do mm-hmm. the things that we've already done in the plan. It's so important to go in this order and fill each bucket up one at a time. Yeah, like we're absolutely. Doing. And, and honestly, Stephen, I'll, I'll tell you why my line of questioning was the way it was is because I was just thinking about the era that we're living in. Any of your clients that mm-hmm. are that have implemented this and understand truly what you're teaching, I think that they mm-hmm. have... Well, first of all, they've got a ton of flexibility, but because of this Corona era or pandemic era, whatever we want to call it, people didn't go out. People, you know, if they built in some travel expenses, you know, for their own vacationing and things into that income bucket for their lifestyle expenses, and they couldn't spend that because they couldn't travel or they couldn't go out to eat because restaurants were closed or they didn't go out shopping like they normally did because places were closed, they're going to have extra income. And so being able to do something with that mm-hmm. and know where to put it 
man, that I mean, yep. that's so empowering, I think. And I think people, yep. even in this time where it's just kind of daunting, that can make them feel so good and secure. Absolutely. And I think you're exactly right. Uh, most of our clients have had a great deal of peace of mind, not only about, you know, stock market volatility. Yeah. They're not worried about that with their liquid or their income buckets. Not even worried about it with the growth bucket, really, because they have no plans or needs to access that for five years or longer. And like you said, just because you, you know you budgeted for travel or budgeted for eating mm-hmm. out and you're not actually doing those things, some people are spending more on Amazon now. True. Yeah, that's true. Uh, to make up for it. Exactly. Or, have you met my or wife? Or having food. Okay. To, uh, right. Exactly. Or, but like you said, hopefully the goal is, hey, you, they haven't spent this money, so now they can just, yeah. don't, you don't necessarily just have to leave it in the checking account. You can put it in the growth bucket and let it grow and use it for future years mm-hmm. uh, to replenish the liquid bucket and the income bucket. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Stephen, I, I love talking to you about this stuff. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. to me, it's very enjoyable and fun and I like the fact that I can just throw questions at you and you're on your feet. You got these. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, But we are out of time. So any closing thoughts Mm -hmm. for today's podcast? Appreciate it, Eric. Yeah, what I wanted to let people know is that we do have actually an online course and that uh, people can go to. It's actually at our website that is called the simplifyyourretirement.com. Simplifyyourretirement.com. There is an online course we've done over, there's there's over 10 hours of video instruction. That course includes a copy of the ebook uh, of Simplify Retirement that I wrote. It also includes a workbook. And in that workbook is the sample budget that we're talking about in the show today. So I think if anyone's listening to the podcast today and they want to go deeper, I encourage them to go on to Simplify simplifyyourretirement.com and sign up for the online course. I'll go into detail about these three buckets and um, and really teach them, you know, how much money should go into each one and actually just dig a lot deeper than what we even were able to get to today. Fantastic. I hope everybody listening takes advantage of that. And I want to remind all the listeners that this is part two of a three-part series. So make sure you tune in to the next podcast so you get part three, which is going to cover the growth bucket. And uh, that'll become a lot more clear to all of us. And I just love how all three of these work together. Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for all the great answers. Uh, You're welcome, Eric. Great uh, great to share the information. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device, which... Again, makes sense because the next one's part three, and you don't want to miss it. This also makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And I'm sure you can think of somebody that needs to know about this. And I would say if you are interested in taking that course online, do it with somebody else because it'll help with accountability. You guys can have great discussions about it. And uh, if they're around your age and they kind of have those same plans, we all kind of run in those circles. Man, what a great opportunity to, to work through this kind of stuff together. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.